Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Good to have you here with us on this Wednesday morning. Beautiful day up here in the Northeast. As always, of course, it's kind of BS because even if it was raining, I'd say it's a beautiful day. Because it is a beautiful day. Come on, everybody. It is a beautiful day. If you say that to yourself each morning, you will believe it. You just got to say it. So that's my recommendation for today. And thanks for listening. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. We're just getting started. I kind of like what we did yesterday looking at the Kratom Consumer Protection Act and wanted to look at another state. So I thought today we would explore a bit about, you know, what was behind Arizona's Kratom regulations. And uh, turns out that they decided to sign into bill the Kratom regulations similar to that of Utah in the spring of 2019. A new bill signed into law this session changes how the state regulates a natural substance called kratom. First, what is kratom? Kratom comes from the leaves of a tree by the... You know, it's the same situation as always, where the lawmakers don't even know exactly what the heck it is that they're discussing, and they end up going forward with this regulation, uh, you know, because an FDA person or a DEA person cites zero studies and says that it's killing people. On the other hand, the Food and Drug Administration and the Drug Enforcement Administration have raised concerns, mainly whether Kratom is addictive and potentially deadly in high doses. While it's not a controlled substance, the DEA classifies it as, quote, a drug of concern. And while policymakers, you know, are discussing regulations or bans on Kratom and they consult with FDA or DEA, they ask for specific information about it, Uh, and why, you know, the DEA thinks that it shouldn't be allowed, and they ultimately always get the same general response. Uh, Right now, uh, the DEA is taking a position that is a drug of concern and something that we're looking at. Now, I'm certainly not a person against regulation. I, you know, if you do think so, listen to my last episode. But... What I do think is that to have something be illegal in a certain number of states, regulated in some other states, and completely open in the rest of them, and the policy, you know, the lawmakers who are deciding what the fate of Kratom is have no idea what it is, I think that's pretty ridiculous. And I think that people need to be better informed. I also think the DEA and the FDA need to be honest about the information they have in front of them. Um, You know, they go on citing that there's this potential for overdose and that, you know, there's 156 people who died from Kratom between this time and this time. And then the information comes out. Medical examiners or coroners determined Kratom was involved, although in all but seven of these cases, individuals had other drugs in their system, like fentanyl and cocaine. The American Kratom Association disputed the findings, arguing in part that the CDC report did not say whether the Kratom found in overdose victims was spiked with other substances. And this kind of leads to the uh, 
need for regulation or the argument for the need for regulation in that, you know, okay, it seems like if there's any risk here, the AKA, the organization that represents the interests of all Kratom users, is saying that maybe those, you know, Kratom products were spiked with other substances. So I think that that is a positive push for some sort of regulation. I don't think that Kratom should be 100% free market um, because you don't see people messing with the chemical composition or spiking, you know, milk thistle and then people buying that in capsules at the store and then having issues. So I think that Kratom is in a unique circumstance where it could, you know, it could benefit from some regulation. But all-out ban is a discussion for another time. Anyway, I'm off topic. Back to the matter at hand. Looking at Arizona, what ended up happening was Governor Doug Ducey signed the bill that regulated the sale of products containing Kratom. And this came after all of this information was coming out about certain people dying from either overdose or perhaps the Kratom had high levels of metal in it, or perhaps it was spiked with other substances. Um, In the letter that Governor Ducey submitted to... um, the Secretary of State with regards to the House Bill 2550. Uh, He said, I signed this bill because it takes a small but important step of prohibiting the sale of Kratom to minors. But let me be clear, my signature on this bill should not be viewed as an endorsement of its consumption by adults. The FDA has expressed concern about the presence of opioid compounds in Kratom and has issued a public health advisory urging consumers to avoid it. The CDC has identified over 150 deaths involving Kratom, and the DEA has also expressed its concerns. And the concerns that he references there, he actually includes uh, the specific footnote of the concerns he's referencing. Uh, Those concerns are cited as warning letters to two marketers and distributors of Kratom products for illegally selling unapproved, misbranded Kratom uh, containing drug products with unproven claims about their ability to treat or cure opioid addiction and withdraw symptoms. So this is interesting because it's bringing in a whole other factor of regulation. What can you claim that Kratom can and can't do? Okay. And there's a lot of specifics that I learned from reading that eight-factor analysis that the AKA put out there the other day when it comes to what uh, Kratom can be classified as. Because technically, to classify it it as therapeutic, it would take $1 billion in 10 years. So that's not going to happen. So if that's not going to happen, it can't be therapeutic legally. And if it can't be therapeutic legally... (laughs) I don't know. It's an interesting, strange problem to have because why would anyone take anything if it's not therapeutic in some sense? You know, even people drinking ginseng tea, drinking it because it might be therapeutic. So uh, 
of course, does is ginseng considered a therapeutic drug? I don't know. Maybe. That's a quick Google search away for anyone interested in showing me up. <laughs> but the points that the FDA reference as, you know, aspects of selling Kratom that are of concern include labels that claim Kratom acts as a U-opioid receptor like morphine. Another uh, label. In fact, many people use Kratom to overcome opiate addiction. Okay, but that see, I don't get why that's... I guess I see why they don't want that on a label, but it is true. I mean, there's no denying that that's true. Um, all right, what else? Usage. It is for the management of chronic pain as well as recreationally. Uh, another label. Of course, people who are using Kratom to overcome a pre-existing opiate addiction may need to use Kratom daily to avoid opiate withdrawal. Okay, so that's something that's a little more specific. I can see some issue with that, maybe. Um, some researchers have even claimed that Kratom can protect you against cancer. Okay, that is the funniest and best thing I've ever heard. I am so down. That's hilarious. I love it. I hope it's true. I don't think it's true, but who knows? I did hear everybody actually, side note, that there are a few people who are trying to use Kratom to cure COVID-19. And if it's between that and Ivermectin, I'm sorry. I think I'm going to go with Kratom, but I am being completely clear right now. You all can write it down for yourselves. I am not endorsing the use of Kratom specifically to treat COVID-19, or generally. This is for information only, folks. Okay, here's the last label, and then I'm signing off before I get myself in trouble. Kratom is used for energy, to increase attention, focus, to relax, and also to treat pain and addiction. Here is just some of what our customers have used Kratom to treat. Chronic pain, migraines, opiate addiction, ADHD, ADD, anxiety, depression, arthritis, insomnia, and much more. Okay, and then the FDA signs off on that aspect by saying health fraud scams, scams like these can pose serious health risks. These products have not been demonstrated to be safe or effective for any use and may keep some patients from seeking appropriate FDA-approved therapies. Boy, that, that started off sounding like 1960s Batman, you guys. Health fraud scams like these can pose serious health risks. And then, you know, punches a bad guy in the face. Whoopsh. All right. Now I really got to get out of here, you guys. Um, thanks for listening so much. I've uh, got some exciting stuff coming up next week, specifically next Wednesday. Uh, but stay tuned. I'll, of course, check in later on this week. And I um, hope you're all doing well. So happy that this is going well. Over 300 listeners strong. Over seven countries. This is taking off. So thanks for being a part of this journey for me as I learn about Kratom. And basically everything that has to do with Kratom. And uh, let's keep this going. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.